Hey, everybody. I don't know how to start it off. What are your thoughts about the intro? All right. Well, I wrote down a list of points. Boundaries for our podcast. We curse a lot. Fucking obviously. We tell stories and jokes. We are allowing ourselves a space to talk about important and challenging subjects. <laughs> if any of these things are not okay with you, please don't listen to this podcast. But I, I think we should keep talking about this for for a minute and make that the intro. Just kind of take some of each of our statements and and make that the intro. And also I'll use the fart noises. Welcome to How I Met My Brother. How the moon changes How the stars turn the i have to figure out how to turn the monitor off on my recording program uh, because i'm hearing my own echo right now and it's going to drive me insane um by the time this is over <laughs> I'm, a little insanity uh, is healthy oh dear oh come on audacity there it is okay no there we go can't hear myself anymore perfect um okay so do you oh, want intro so, in theory, um, this will be the first episode of a podcast <laughs> called How I Met My Brother. Hello, welcome to How I Met My Brother, a story <laughs> of three siblings who found out in their 40s that they actually had a fourth sibling, and a story of an only child who found out that she wasn't actually so only. Oh my god, that is so beautiful! Did you just come up with that? Oh crap, now I can't hear you. Damn it. <laughs> Fuck. This is, this is going good. No, keep don't 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 turn your recording off. Keep recording. Um I was wondering in your experience with podcasts. Man, I can almost read your lips. Keep going. You were wondering what? In your experience with podcasts. In my experience with podcasts, <laughs> yes. This is the best content. Honestly, this is going so good. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's gonna fucking reach your lips <laughs> uh you i don't know sign language wait you you don't understand oh no i don't i, don't, I do know a little bit of sign languages do you, i know a little bit of sign i know language, you, do you do i don't I, well wait you're the one who needs to know sign language because you can hear me i can't hear <laughs> <laughs> um any uh Anyway, hello. My name is Leo Cardoza. <laughs> this is my sister Heidi. We just met. <laughs> okay, what were we talking about? Wait, no, that's well. I oh, want to ask much you. Too loud. Hang on. Wait, I was I wasn't finished telling you about the dinosaur porn. Tell me about the dinosaur. Oh, 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 porn. Okay, so Chuck Tingle what is a, a name. pen name of a person um, who... Oh, it's a pen name. Yes, um, who th- writes books of, like, a largely gay dinosaur porn. Um, 
and a lot of times he writes things that are direct or they write things. I have no idea the identity of the actual author, um, but they write things that are um, like direct digs at specific politicians um, or specific public figures. So the one that I went on to my friend's podcast, their book podcast to talk about was called um, Harriet Porber and the, Oh damn it! What the hell was it called? Ah, <laughs> uh, anyway, it's a get t- t- uh, a, a gay. I have to remember all the details. Um, so it's a direct jab at uh, J.K. Rowling for being a, a turf, right? And um, it is about a gay trans dinosaur. Uh. And who's also who falls in love with? Uh, no, no, no. She's a heterosexual trans dinosaur, um, but then who falls in love with a a trans male dinosaur, and they uh, do a bunch of sex. Do they? Did you hear the sex sounds in the background? <clears throat> no, no, no. It's just a book. Oh. Um. <laughs> so you. I mean, you have to hear the sex sounds in your imagination. Ah. But anyway, like that's that's Chuck Tingle's thing. Uh, is like m- a bunch of Chuck Tingle books uh, start off with pounded in the ass by. Um, so there's a, and the, like there's a whole bunch of there's like at least ten books in the pounded in the uh, pounded in the ass, by, or pounded in the butt by including pounded in the butt by my own <laughs> butt. I'm pretty sure is one of his titles. I'm not making this up. <laughs> I'm. Chuck. I'm genuinely not. Are these children's stories or? They are definitely not children's <laughs> stories. No, 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 no. Um, they're all like digitally self-published. Um, <laughs> like, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> anyway, um, okay. So what? Wait. So what's what? What's next on your list of things? With a podcast. As I was listening to the ones that you sent me, mm-hmm. people people just ramble and and they leave like the stupid shit and the mess ups and the yeah. curse curse words, all the swears, yeah, all the swears, fucking cunt, yeah. bitch, motherfuckers. So then, when you're doing a podcast, I love the fact that this is we're recording a podcast episode about how to do a podcast. This is, this is like <laughs> this, podcast number um, zero, actually. Yeah, like point yeah, one. Is, <laughs> um, anyways, sorry. What, what are we what doing? And I have so many questions. I want to know that. Uh, I also want to know about your tattoos. That has to happen at some point, but anyway, Oh, okay. I was, uh, I was go. Okay. My question for the podcast is, so if I'm going to talk with you about a trans friend of mine, am I allowed to say their name? Oh, that's up to you, and that's between you and them. Um, personally, um, I would default to, especially no. since, uh, yeah, I would I would default to not saying their name. Um, again, especially if you have not talked to them about it. Yeah. Um, but even if they have given you their permission, unless there's a specific reason you need to say their name, I would always default to not saying their name. Um, even though God knows who's going to be <laughs> listening to this, but um i mean and that's not just uh that's that doesn't just apply to uh trans friend either like i just as a general rule unless it's relevant to the story i don't use a lot of people's names 
who aren't, you know, there in the room. Uh, anyway, my friend, they're a lawyer, <laughs> environmental activist and lawyer and a trans activist. And they, we were going on a walk and they said to me, similar to what you said, that there's something that occurs once you get up above a certain level of money where you're just like, you're not well. You're not like yeah. something about you is it doesn't it doesn't understand like giving a shit about other people. Well, it's also and like, yet and yet the... you're impacting you're impacting so many people in these huge ways, but you don't really give a shit. And that's not fair. We need to get Elon <laughs> Musk. Get him out of there. Get Elon Musk out of there. He's not that great. Why do we like him so much? Oh, I mean, people who like him um, think that he invents things, which is my favorite part about the bullshit of Elon Musk, because um, he didn't. So uh, like several years ago, I was like getting trying to get into more like, um, you know, self-actualization and positive thinking. We've talked about this before, like uh, a bunch of those different books. And then I also was um reading up to, I was kind of going with the principle that like it's good to if you want to get somewhere it's good to know about somebody who's gotten there and how they did it right um so I was very focused on like success and wealth and shit at the time which is gross um but so I read <laughs> um I listened to uh Elon Musk's uh biography um and uh and it sucks it's it sucks and it's boring because it's <laughs> his approved biography um and you know so it's not like journalism of any kind um and uh but yeah like my favorite thing about how elon musk sucks is that one um this is this 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 to me is the most succinct way you can describe the man's ego okay um he is the founder of tesla yep right you're aware of that yep um, are you also aware that he purchased the title of founder? No, when he purchased he did Tesla not. from the people who founded Tesla. It's disgusting. Yeah, yeah, that is that is the state of his ego that he had to spend extra in order for the to, to get the right to pretend like he invented this company. And the point that I often make about him is that his ideas are either not original <laughs> or they're shitty and they don't work. Okay. So uh, setting aside the, like the problems with Tesla's exploding and uh, like trapping people in, in flaming cars and stuff. Um, the Tesla, he didn't invent. It's not an original idea. It has been successful. Um, his whole digging holes under the earth thing. No, his fucking, um, I mean the one, the one that drives me fucking insane is the, Oh, also his cyber truck. That thing looks like dog shit, man. That thing looks like what a fucking eight year old in 1988 would have thought looked like a cool truck. That fucking cyber truck looks like dog shit. You fucking nerd. This anyway. is hilarious. I have to um, tell you that <clears throat> a little story about me. So I've not listened to podcasts much. Just okay. wasn't it just wasn't part of my jam for a while. Um, and I went to visit my adopted family last summer. Mm -hmm. And on the drive back, one of my cousins gave me all these Joe Rogan 
podcasts to listen to on the drive home. Oof. Um, I hadn't listened to podcasts, so I was kind of innocent. It was fine with me. I thought some of the the uh, interviews Joe did was were good, and they were interesting, and I thought it was funny. Then we got to Elon Musk, and I was like, this is a sociopath. This guy is a sociopath. I don't know if you've known sociopaths, but I've known a few now, and, like, there's something up. It's It's dark, and I just well- can't believe how successful – you know, that, that we as a collective look up to this kind of person is, is also a little bit disturbing to me. There is a very valid argument to be made for the link between extreme wealth and sociopathy. Like you can't, you cannot fucking hoard (laughs) more wealth, more resources than any person could use in in hundreds and hundreds of lifetimes um and i mean i can't and i cannot fucking stand right. the argument that he earned it either that drives me absolutely fucking insane um he's just a hard worker like no he didn't fucking generate that amount of value if that amount of value is created then all of the people who were involved had that much to do with it like it and and you know the the if, if you're the fucking ceo and you're you know you are worth fucking what, however many billions of dollars he's worth right now. And your lowest level employee is making 50 grand a year. Then you have fucking stolen the value of their labor. Yep. Like if that value is generated and it clearly was not generated through your fucking labor, no matter, I don't care if you work 24 hours a day, no human being can do the amount of labor to create that amount of value. It's just fucking infuriating. Anyway, what were we talking about? Ooh, this is all so good. Uh, we're talking about we're talking about stuff, man. I'm wondering if I should take a quick commercial break. I am writing these things down and taking notes because this I yesterday I started working on my videos on exploitation and the monetary mm-hmm. system. So it's just interesting that we're we just organically are talking about this. But I did want to introduce you to my friend. So, so this a, could be, I, I mean, I don't know what we could use this for, but like a microphone uh, or listeners. like Elon Musk. How, how oh, you... Elon. Oh, baby, please get a fucking life. All right. Stop bringing us into your stupid shit. Okay. Just for the, just for the listeners, Heidi is holding what I can only be describe as a Dr. Seuss suction cup wall dildo certainly what color is it leal what color oh it's is it? ra- I, that's i mean it was rainbow obviously obviously I, I thought that was clear from the dr seuss part i would um, uh wear this rainbow cock dildo on in my comedy sets mm-hmm. and when i would talk about ending the cycles of suffering and ancestral trauma <laughs> And it worked well. People, it just like took everybody's mind off of the deep stuff that nobody wants to talk about. Look at the Honestly, rainbow penis. Like, that's, that's, a, that's a fully legit approach to 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 doing something else. Like, like I'm I'm sure. Oh, uh, yeah, no, that is that. I, I, 
I'm sure that it's like plenty of people have done it before. Like, um, but yeah, no, I love the idea since you want to, uh, do more kind of, uh, you know, political impactful, uh, activisty type stuff, um, through comedy. That's totally a great way to do it is to just go on <laughs> as a woman wearing a rainbow strap on well because then maybe people will say, listen to me never say anything about the strap on right. at all you just go and have a just a five minute long very serious dissertation <laughs> about like fucking capitalism and the exploitation of labor <laughs> And also every once in a while you bump your dick into the microphone stand <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. There are some privileges being a woman with the cock for sure. And also this cock is the healing rainbow cock of love. Okay. And so it squirts out love. Just so you know. Okay. okay? That's good. To know. Oh yeah. It doesn't have a name yet. Maybe we oh. can work on that. Yeah, I mean, we don't, since we just started, we don't have an official <laughs> show mascot yet. Okay, speaking of mascot, that was my next thing. Okay. So this is, um. <clears throat> oh, wait, we're going to have two mascots. <laughs> well, they could all be part of the same, I mean, right? <laughs> okay, she's now strapped on the strap on to a teddy bear, listeners. <laughs> That's where Hi. we're at. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Listeners, Hattie and I have known each other for like two months. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I feel like it's fair to say, <laughs> I feel like it's fair to say that we have uh, found our way into an easy level of comfort with one another and with our sense senses of humor. Oh. <laughs> Well, and I'm like, what's too far with your brother? I've never had a brother. I know. I mean, you have. You just I mean, I have. Know. You were there. But, like, in the good, there's good things about that because we didn't, like, beat each other up and shit all over each other growing up. So. It's true. Um, you don't have I mean, those. But now's the time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think it has I'm to be. I'm coming here, for no, you, Leo. No, Leo, I have I, a giant. <laughs> I think this has. I think this is, in fact, one mascot. This is not a rainbow dildo and a teddy bear. You have to actually sew a strap-on rig for the teddy bear, and put the rainbow strap-on on the teddy bear, and then we will name it. Whoa! Whoo! That's well. My name. I do have a name. I mean, I the strap-on doesn't really have a name, and I'm not sure, but. I just wanted to introduce myself, Leo. My name is Pumpkin Spice. And my pronouns uh, are fuck you. Yeah. So maybe 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 we just leave the teddy bear and then don't put a dick on it. Okay. <laughs> um different mascot. Yes. I spoke to a friend of mine cuz this is like that's this is a thing I've used a lot is my pronouns are fuck you. Mhm. Um, the trans people that I spoke with were cool with that. 
But I agree with you in that we don't want to do anything that is going to potentially offend people, especially considering you and I are both cis. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think about that. Like, I'm always, I'm, well, not always because my, my Twitter bio, I think, says my pronouns are he and ham, which I still think is pretty funny. Um, but the pronoun jokes are such a fucking staple of quote unquote right wing comedy. Really? Um, oh yeah. Like there's, so there's actually another great show it's, it's since, since you're not very internet, um, there's one great show that, um, cover and they did, they do a podcast and, um, a YouTube show. Uh, called some more news <clears throat> um and they'll cover like a lot of kind of the very online stuff um you know news stories and stuff and they'll like dig really deep into it and one that i watched um actually the last time you and i talked um after we got off the phone i watched uh his video on um why like are conservatives just not funny and um, did like a really deep dive into it and showed like a bunch of like there are ways that you can have conservative p political opinion. Of course, it depends on what you're going to define as p conservative political opinions, because obviously fucking that is what every that's what uh, fucking people couch their their transphobia and homophobia and racism as, you know, conservative values. It's one of the like it's at the core of the fucking the the anti trans movement that's going on right now. Um but, um, so he showed clips of like p people who have conservative p political opinion, like small government political opinions and, you know, stuff like that where, um, but actually making jokes as opposed to like fucking, uh, Jim Brewer who, you know, he was on Saturday night live and he was basically like just a loud noise comedian. Um, he, he, his jokes weren't very well, very written. He would just like go out and say a premise and then do an impression of a pterodactyl um just ah, you know like uh, and, um or, or a tyrannosaurus rex whatever anyway the impression of a impression of a dinosaur um so he then starts to you know the, he's going on tour during covid like during the initial outbreak and he's like oh now they're gonna tell you three masks and now you gotta wear four masks and blah blah and it's just like there's no punchline there you're just saying something ridiculous uh, so that somebody who's angry can laugh instead of screaming because the entire conservative culture is, a, is built up around making people angry about things that are not issues and then convincing, convincing those people that uh, the people who are angry about other issues, that their issues are made up. That, you know, oh no, people who are mad about racism, they're wrong because racism is not real because we had a Barack Obama. Um and no, it just, it fucking, yeah, it drives me insane. I forget where we started here. Uh, I think <clears throat> dinosaur porn was actually. Where oh, good. Started. And we actually, yeah, we brought it back. And to we brought it back. So, yeah. Actually, my roommate is a dinosaur. Oh, um, I'll, uh, we haven't gotten into the porn part of things, but uh, keep that in mind. Okay. Um, oh, I am curious if if uh we i am curious leal if we could talk a little bit about our story yeah as like, like the a, the uh, the recent part 
the recent part. Okay. And somehow incorporate, like, okay. All right, so everybody, I recently, uh, I got on 23andMe, and then this guy's like, hey, I'm your first cousin. And his, his name is, no. He's like, I'm your first cousin. And I wrote him and I said, well, my mother's name is blank, but I don't know who my father is. And he said, well, I'll get right back to you. At which point he went and talked to your father. Mm-hmm. When it was also the other, uh, the other tip off was that you were born in Idaho. Yep. Idaho, so, Udaho. Yep. So, um, our father is the oh. oldest of four boys. Um, am I getting that right? Gay. Right. But he's the, of the boys, he's the oldest. So they have an older sister, uh, but he's the oldest of the boys. And then, um, next behind him is our, uh, late uncle Art. Those two, uh, both lived in Idaho at various points and, um, could theoretically have, uh, not known about a pregnancy in the mid seventies. Correct. Right. Uh, and so there was this debate for a while cause we, we, we thought that it was either divot or art. And so art is, is, isn't here mm-hmm. anymore. He passed, uh, and I was like, well, which one is it? And I got really excited when I heard about Divot because he's a gardener and he's a painter and he loves nature. And uh, and that he was an artist and an earth lover just felt really cool because I am too. <gasps> I'm all those things too. And so then we did the paternity test and it turns out that he is my father. And I'm just freaking out, you know, crying and shit. It's like, what does this all mean? And then I meet Leo and Alex. Right. So I, um, so I went to um, mom and dad's house to pick something up or whatever uh, on a weekend day. Uh, I think it was a, I think it was a Saturday, um, and we had I'd finished doing whatever I was doing and was getting ready to leave. And uh, dad says, "Hey, come over here. Uh, I want to show you something." And so we go sit in the, in the garden and he pulls out his phone and he shows me a picture and I'm like, it looks familiar, but I can't place who. And I'm like, is that a cousin or something? And he's like, no, that's your sister. <laughs> and I was like, you know, about five seconds of like the gears realigning in my brain um, to be like, oh, okay, 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 okay. Uh, does mom uh, know? <laughs> and like, how did this happen? Yeah. So, uh, he, he told me the story of, uh, when he, when he met your mom one night and, um, and then she left and, um, gave you up for adoption. Uh, and we found out about it like four months ago. <laughs> so i am so curious what was your Mm -hmm. childhood like i was Um, i've heard a little bit about it in your comedy set uh about the nudity and the hippie and the earth and the oh yeah the the naked camping yeah Yeah. i'd love to know yeah that's a fun bit (laughs) um the naked (laughs) 
it seriously i'm not <laughs> not making this up um there's wait did i do on that set that you watched did i do the bit about the naked painting the naked painting of my mom i think so i think so <laughs> um yeah it's part of that same bit because i'm talking i was th- talking about going camping and like i've seen my parents naked so many times it's like the wall, wall wallpaper to my nightmares um and as if seeing it was not bad enough my father is also an artist he's a painter uh he painted a nude portrait of my mom which hung in our house when i was a child <laughs> And much like the picture of Jesus, when you're in the room with the painting, the nipple will follow you like Jesus's <laughs> eyes. No, no. <laughs> Which is not completely true. He did not hang it. It was not hung in the house. Um, but I have seen it. There is my, there is a, a nude that he painted of her. Um, so that's uh, yeah, that's a that's a thing. Um, but yeah, you've heard about some of it. I had I was also trying to think of like um seminal experiences um seminal that we, that, like family experiences like things that things that that you would have you would have been part of the bonding on um that is like part of our family language now um that you that you missed out on um because we were not together so um are you familiar with the song Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears Everybody wants to rule the world Yeah Wait, no, that's not that is that the Tears for Fears version or is that Yeah. That's not the way it ends. Isn't it? There's not a like a a a, a, a crescendo or whatever you call that. Your like the It's Oh, it doesn't yeah. go the world. It just goes no, no, the no. world. Well, it's everybody he wants to, to rule. Oh yeah, yeah, there we go. So, everybody wants to rule the world. There you go. Um yeah. There's a room where the light won't da, find da, you. Da, Hold da, da, hands da, while the wires da, come da, tumbling da, down. It's too I'll be right da, da, beside you. you. Da, da, so said you. Anyway, that um, was designated as the official road trip song of every road trip um, when we were kids. Um, really? So, yeah. So just like listen to it a few times and try to think about um like some fun uh, like you know vacation type memories from like your early teens and try to just merge just try to just kludge that song onto some of your early memories and we're Um, all in the car just like smacking each other stealing each other's snacks we are uh in the back of a volkswagen station wagon oh yes Dad has, uh, or not Volkswagen, Volvo, Volvo station wagon. Volvo, a Volvo station no, Volvo, wagon. Volvo, Volvo, oh, Heidi, yeah, Volvo. Volvo station wagon. Station wagon is not a descriptor that I want around any <laughs> Volvo that I'm interacting with. <laughs> it makes for a great parking garage. But it's just too, it's more roomy than you want is, you know, uh, you want the Volvo two door with the hatchback god why are you making me do this why 
Sunday, man. It's fucking church day. <laughs> it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. <gasps> oh shit! I need to, to send a uh, thing. Well, to so we're we're going so over there for dinner. I was thinking I could Facetime you when I get to the driveway, and then you can be in my pocket for as a surprise. <gasps> I would love that. Okay, we'll do that. I've never right. been in my brother's pocket before. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Wait. What the fuck were we talking about? Shit. We do. Okay, need, we were talking we, about we family sh- history. We do need a shared. We do need a shared Google Doc for this, <laughs> so that we can. <laughs> I'm not. I have no problem with meandering because I definitely have ADD. You probably have ADD. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. And so, like, a little <laughs> bit of meandering is not going to be avoidable. But we should have, like, yeah, some kind of an outline is probably a good idea to keep us somewhere resembling on track. Um. But yeah. Okay. So tell me. Um. Tell me a a, a thing about like a, a memory that you have from like adolescence or childhood. Um. That should have involved us. Mm. The first thing that my brain went to is that uh, my stepfather had a cabin up in the woods outside of Drummond, and we would go there every summer. It was an hour's drive up into the into the mountains and solar panels Uh, that that he is what brought me into nature Um, and going. We never had gardens or nothing food wise. Um, but the backpacking and the hiking into the cabin and we'd four wheel, we'd take the four wheeler around and just bust ass all over the place and explore. It was such a great way to grow up. Uh, I do really, that was super fun to be able to, to grow up in the woods and be able to play in the woods. Good. Okay. So that's, that's good because like we've got, we did the same thing in the summer. We would go up to McCall um, and we would, we didn't have like our own place. So, um, and mom and dad were still pretty broke, uh, but dad would uh, trade paintings with people. So uh, anybody, you know, if if somebody was, somebody owned a a place up in McCall, um, he would just give them a painting for, you know, a week or two weeks at their, their cabin or their condo. Um, so we got like a couple of weeks up in McCall pretty much every summer. Wow. But that works out perfect. Cause you had like a summer mountain thing and we had a summer mountain thing. So just the, just smash those together. Just, we were, we were there, you were there, you were there with us in McCall and we were there with you at your stepdad's cabin. Yes. In, yeah. in Montana. It is, <clears throat> it is interesting that we have stayed around the same area. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, well, didn't you say your, so your adopted dad was military. My adopted dad was military and my stepdad was military. So how, I think you told me this before, but, um, you didn't, you were adopted in Moscow. How long did they live there? Six months. Okay. And then where'd they go? Then we just, we moved every year. We went all over, but my, then my stepdad so, and this was with my dad. We, ch- we changed locations every year. California, uh-huh. Florida, North Carolina, Cherry Point. <clears throat> and then when my mom remarried my stepfather, he bought the cabin in Montana, which brought me back to Montana every year, which got me to go to school, college here. Okay. I didn't spend any time growing up in Idaho or Montana, just that cabin. 
and then that brought okay. me to Okay, so wherever you guys were living on like any given year, you would still they would, you'd still go up to Montana to the same place. That's good. I I really feel I had I never thought about this before, but that seems like a really really great way to help military kids. <laughs> um cuz then they then you've got some like you if, even if you're you know, right. if you're every day home, if you're the rest of the year, you're moving around, just, like just having an anchor. I mean, I guess a lot of military families probably have like grandparents and stuff who don't move that they can that they can visit to give them a little bit more of an anchor. But yeah, I mean, that like the it is difficult to understate the impact on a developing brain of not having like a reliable long term social circle and et cetera, et cetera. Although, well, I mean, I think you you probably develop um you develop like, like a malleability, um, and because I was so young, so I was like an extrovert, <clears throat> and I was already kind of, I want to ask you this too, I was already kind of a performer and an artist uh -huh. from a young age, like where did that come from, hmm, and, but I would perform when I, we'd move to a new place, and I'm like, hey, I'm Heidi, and I'd perform, I'd be really big, it, would allow, it allowed me to make friends easily, but then you let, have to let go of them right away. Like I don't have any friends from, from elementary school that I'm still friends with. You just, I don't have any friends from ele elementary school that I'm still friends with. I do have friends from high school. Ditto. Huh. What was your childhood like growing up? Did you have just one house that you stayed in or? Um, we lived in the house that Alex was born in. So we moved into it. I don't know, sometime between 1979 and uh, 1981. Um, and so Alex was born there. We lived there until 1993. Um, wow. and it was a small house in, um, in the north, of Bo north end of Boise, which is now like kind of the, the she, she, you know, cool neighborhood to, to live in. Um, and it's still, I mean, it's still a, a pretty decent neighborhood, but it was a really small house. So we had, it was, um, it was two bedrooms when they bought it. They added a master bedroom for mom and dad. So they were down there. And then the other two bedrooms were Mercedes had her own room. And then Alex and I were on bunk beds in the other room. Um, and then was that Mercedes like? like split her time with, mm. uh, her at her mom's house too. Um, so the, um, so yeah, I mean, Alex and I shared a bedroom until 1993. What? Yeah. So I was 14 or about to turn 14. That's when we moved. Um, and he was he was 12. Wow. Yeah. So that was. Who slept on the top bunk? I did. Did you ever like pee on him? No, I did grab him by the underwear and push him off one time though off the bottom bunk no Ooh, ouch yeah yeah the waistband of his underwear ended up around his armpits i mean the, the middle the middle just ripped like the the middle just ripped and then he ended up with the the waistband under his arms was he pissed probably i don't remember do you remember we, what? We, we did some substantial violence to each other. I mean, not like, no, no permanent violence. I don't think we ever did. Yeah, we didn't do any permanent violence to each other, but we did a fair amount of violence to each other. When I'm, 
Because I've never had siblings. Don't all siblings do that to each other? Isn't that a I thing? Don't, I don't know if it's absolute, but it's certainly common. You know, um, it's a normal way that adolescent animals learn their boundaries, learn their limits with themselves and with each other, their tolerance for pain, their, you know, what happens when you say something to somebody, what happens when you do this to somebody, whatever. Right. Um, what's that? Are you feeling better? I am feeling a bit better. Um, so I've been doing this mountain biking challenge. I, so I loved at, the TikTok video you sent me. That was amazing. The, <laughs> um, so the last like, so I, like a week and a half ago, um, I had mm. uh, a throat situation that just, I had like, I completely lost my voice for the, like the better part of two days. Um, and I've just had not even sore throat, but I'm coughing and I keep like every morning I wake up and it's just like a, a, and a, a lot of stuff coming out of my nose. Um, and Mike, my, my voice is better. I feel fine, especially as long as I get enough sleep. Um, but I had already signed up for this mountain biking trails challenge in Boise. So I, and I was really looking forward to it. So I'm like, fuck, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm getting up and going and doing this. So I had taken work off on Friday. So I went riding on Friday, I went riding yesterday, I went today. Um, I'm going to try to ride almost every day after work. So I'm not going to complete this. I am not in great shape as a mountain biker. The, the first people to complete it finished last night. It started on Friday. It is now Sunday. These four people, they're uh, like, I think brothers and one of them's a spouse of one of the brothers. Um, they finished last night at two o'clock in the morning. So they just went, I don't know if they slept at all on Friday night, but they just like went until they were done. Um, and there are some brutal, like, there's there's stuff that I I mean there's plenty of stuff that I can't ride uh, it's just too steep and I'm not in the shape for it um, there's a few things that I would barely even be comfortable riding downhill um, but there's plenty of shit that I cannot even climb um, so I'm not trying to finish it uh, I'm just, I use this as a as a motivation to get me riding more um, and to get me to go out and explore more more of the trails because I mean I was you know fucking born and raised here and there's still trails all over the Boise foothills that I have not ridden or walked or hiked or anything. So you're kidding me. Yeah. No, I mean, cause I, ge I generally tend to like, I'm really close to the foothills in my house. So if I want to go for a mountain bike ride, it's easier for me to ride from home into the section closest to my house. There's a bunch of great trails through there. So I just go up and doop, 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 do a couple of loops and then come down because anywhere farther away, I have to uh, either drive or, you know, or ride further before I get to like the trailhead. So, yeah, I mean, despite the fact that I've lived here for so long and I, I just historically have spent way more time on whatever trail sections were closest to me. Do you think you'll, you'll stay in Boise? I think so at this point. Um, we've talked about um, places we would consider moving. Um, but, I mean, part of the, like, we've had a lot of fairly serious conversations, not just us, but with the rest of the family as well, about whether or not we're staying in the United States. Um, and how to go about mm. expatriating if you want to do that. Um, mm -hmm. 
it's just really challenging. Like almost everybody that mom and dad know who have done it retired. And you know, the, like one of his buddies, you know, retired and lives in Costa Rica. And it's like, that's great for him. But if we're going to move somewhere, we have to work. <coughs> so yeah, there's all that to consider. Yeah, it's a lot. Plus, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Um, yeah, I mean, and there's it, just we were... like so much crazy shit happening right now. Yeah. In the world, it just would be hard, or you know, yeah. it would be challenging to get passports and move and. Yeah. Although I hear and you. I mean, when... it's it's a big bet. It's like, are things bad enough in the U.S. right now that? the alternative whatever it ends up being sounds better it's like you know we're f still fairly stable but there's all these fucking warning signs but you know then you and got i'm the fact curious like, with the warning signs um if that isn't global uh just just because the the system is now colonized everybody and the the what's happening to the actual ecological situation on the planet if like even if you were to try to move 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 it's gonna catch it's gonna catch up that's the biggest challenge with like the global warming side like you would kind of feel better about uh moving to a country that's actually taking climate change seriously but unless every or unless the overwhelming majority of uh basically fucking the u.s and china decide that they are going to do what it takes to stop it or to bring it at least to a crawl. Right. Um, and if that doesn't happen, it doesn't fucking matter if Germany is all on renewables, it's you know, it's just like, I think I told you this before. Like I find it so difficult. I have an argument argument with myself every time Fuck. I have to like separate the recycling <laughs> Right. And you're like, oh, this is going to go to China and get shipped in a giant boat. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, uh, well, even then, I'm no matter where it goes, I'm still like, oh, yeah, yeah. This this can that I'm pulling out of a landfill, that's really going to do a lot to offset the amount of, of carbon dioxide being pumped into the atmosphere atmosphere by still unregulated uh, capitalist industry all over the fucking world. Yeah. I'm so glad. I feel so good. I saved the earth by recycling my bottles. Yeah, I love this. I think um, I think that we need regulations because we aren't grown up and evolved enough within ourselves to like really understand what we're doing and um, the give and take that's necessary that a lot of other cultures understand like indigenous cultures, they understand mm -hmm. reciprocity and we just take, and we're like, yeah, this is awesome. I can just keep drinking and smoking and buying and taking and consuming and it's all good. And I'm going to build my house as large as I want because I can. And now we all have that kind of mind frame within us of, and we're, and we feel entitled to, do whatever we want and uh it's it's a dangerous uh mind frame that we have that we're running with right now 
I like to think about the idea that the only way that humans are going to survive is if the AI singularity happens and that emergent AI is for some reason benevolent <laughs> and decides not to destroy humanity um, because clearly humanity not destroying humanity is off the table that's that that's not going to happen so the question is um will an ai singularity happen and be a, a benevolent ai that is inclined to help the human race survive will that happen before uh the human race destroys itself and then second part is if the if the human race destroys itself will it be by uh, catastrophic destruction of the planet or uh, global thermonuclear war, or is it actually just global thermo thermonuclear war leading to like, is, is, is global thermonuclear war going to destroy the planet or is, 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 is climate change going to destroy the planet? Or is the AI singularity going to happen first? God, the, Oh, these are just wonderful <laughs> questions. The zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <clears throat> is everybody just going to wake up tomorrow morning? Leo, this is it. They're going to listen to our podcast. They're going to wake up and the next morning they're going to be like, this is it. It's time for us all to, to band together and change. Maybe that'll happen. <laughs> Angels ministers of grace defend me from ever producing a podcast that changes the world angels and ministers of grace wow that's impressive and don't forget the baby jesus as well dear baby jesus please do not let us produce a podcast that will affect change please <laughs> baby jesus please forgive us for our sins because in one of these podcasts we're going to talk about shame baby jesus please help Leo. he needs help <laughs> amen oh Anyway, um, I have another one to add okay. to the list of possibilities. Wait, what po possibilities? <laughs> what's going to happen to humanity? Oh, okay, okay. Not what's going to happen to baby Jesus, because maybe baby Jesus is going to be the next new AI. No, we need a we we definitely need a new savior of some kind. There's a really good so. There's a net, uh, Netflix series called uh, I always forget if it's Love Death Row. I think it's Love Death Robots. Um, you like that one? I liked a lot of them. They're all individuals, so there are several that I didn't like nearly as much. But there's one about yogurt that is basically the premise that I that 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 I'm putting forth with the um, the benevolent AI. So um, a yo somebody is working at like a bioengineering lab or something and uh leaves uh, a hyper intelligent bacterial culture in the fridge at work and somebody gets that 
culture into their yogurt and the yogurt becomes intelligent and the yogurt goes and talks to the president of the United States and it tells the president of the United States uh, that he has a plan to or it, the yogurt has a plan to fix all of everything in one yes. year and he's and yes. the yogurt says you have to follow this plan exactly if you deviate at all from this plan uh everything will fall apart and of course the guy doesn't follow the plan and the entire country falls into pandemonium and the yogurt says your only choice now is to put me in charge uh so the yogurt becomes president of the united states and then uh, eventually the yogurt decides to build a bunch of rocket ships and leave the planet because it does not want to deal with babysitting us fucking children humans anymore. And it leaves and it goes to this planet where <coughs> there's just dino porn happening everywhere. Just freedom, liberation, libation, and dino porn. Maybe? No. I mean, I don't know that that would be necessarily appealing to the yogurt. Like, I'm pro that planet existing okay um the yogurt might be like a little bit lost i wonder no you know how like milk a dino you could have milk from a dino right i don't know are there any lizards that produce that that lactate i'm gonna write this down i have no idea if there are any lizards any do lizards lactate i mean birds birds don't like birds regurgitate um and birds are the closest living relatives to dinosaurs currently on earth so birds do not lactate birds do not lactate Um, okay i'm learning a new thing today there's probably like a precursor to um the platypus that (laughs) lactated like did you know what's weird about the platypus like (laughs) What's specifically weird about the way that the platypus lactates? Because you know that the platypus lactates, right? I did not know that the platypus lactates. It is, I think, the only egg-laying mammal or one of very few. Um, It is the uh, one of very few, if if not the only aquatic or semi-aquatic animal that lactates. But it doesn't lactate through nipples. It lactates through, like, pores so it just starts leaking milk out of its belly wow, leaking milk that and is so cool they, i wish i could do that and it's also like the, the you know the bill is unusual for a mammal and it's also one of like the the very few or only um venomous uh uh, uh fucking animal or uh what do you call it mammals, mammals. yeah what it's got a it's got a poisonous claw what? Yeah, it's Are you got shitting a po- me? Yeah, it's got a poison claw. And they also did you use did just you, one claw, just one I of think its claws. It's, I genuinely think it is one claw per per platypus. That is crazy. I think it just has it on one hand or something. I can't remember now. Is that That's unbelievable. <laughs> that somehow evolution created this thing that's like that's how it's protecting itself, but it's just the one claw. Yeah. It might be like it's probably too. It probably has a like has probably has it on like both of its back legs or something. Um, but it's definitely only one claw per limb. Like whatever number of limbs it has claws on, it's definitely one claw per limb. Um, okay, okay, one claw per limb. And it also, um, I think it it's milk. I think it's artificial strawberry flavoring. Shut the front door. Are you sure it's not licorice? Flavor? I'm pretty sure it's straw. No, no, no. Like, 
They use a gland. Um, You're shitting me, I'm dude. I'm Googling platypus <laughs> artificial <laughs> flavoring. Uh, beaver. <laughs> oh, it's vanilla. It's vanilla. <laughs> it's vanilla. Oh, it's beavers. It's beavers, not okay. platypuses. Oh, good thing we got that straight. Beaver, All right, so you're okay. telling me that beavers have vanilla So What? Artificial vanilla flavoring is derived from castorium, which is gotten from a gland that comes out of the butt of the beaver. What the fuck, dude? This is... (laughs) What kind uh, of weird race from, from be- of beavers, beings would go into a beaver's sack. butt to... Apparently... To, oh, my we God. We are sick. We're, we're more <laughs> fucked up than I ever could have imagined. <laughs> if you sniff a beaver's ass, it smells like vanilla. <laughs> That's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> they use it to mark their territory oh all right okay okay what were we talking about (laughs) so i did want to share with you that when i talked to divot for the first time mm-hmm. on FaceTime, and I've only spoken to him once. I was listening to him talk, and I was like, oh, my God, I have the same kind of brain that that guy has. <laughs> the, the like, uh, circuitous nature of his brain mm-hmm. and how it goes around. And, it, and, like, and uh, it was really profound for me to be like, I have the same kind of brain. I guess that's ADHD or whatever, but ADD it's also... ADHD, yeah. It's also try, try, it's try also, looking up ADD videos. I, I like these come across my feed. I don't, I, but I never remember to look at the what what fucking hashtags they're using. But a bunch of people post ADD content on uh, on TikTok, and it's like uh, like s- uh, some woman describing what she calls a doom box, which is not something I had ever heard of. But a doom box is a box full of shit that you put in that box and you remember what's in that box and you know where that box of shit is, but you put it in that box to, because that was the best you could come up with to organize it because your shit was all a mess and you needed to clean up. So you just finally went and shoved all of your stuff in a doom box. And then you have all of these doom boxes. Basically my garage is a doom box full <laughs> of is. doom boxes <laughs> Because it's all shit where I've gotten, I've gone, okay, I need to, I need this space now. So fucking everything into, uh, in, in, into a bucket. So here, here's what's funny. What I, I got dad for father's day. Wait, so for, for my birthday, he got me this kick-ass, um, toolkit set. Um, which I, I'm not going to say the name of the brand because they're not paying us, but Ryobi get at me if you want a sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> so this brand of not or this this toolbox kit of non-specific brand um it's a really cool like it links it like it has it has a built-in um uh like roll away cart thing like a uh you know a 
what do you fucking call it a hand truck uh thing like built into the bottom one so the bottom is a big old toolbox that has wheels built into it and a handle and then you can buy these individual pieces to like stack on top of it and they like click together and shit um so like my tools are the most organized in my garage right now even though it's still a fucking mess in there like my workbench is, is an embarrassment but my tools are more organized in my garage right now than they have probably ever been so I got dad that same thing for for Father's Day. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. But the cool thing about that, the ADHD day or, you know, the way of thinking that I that I like, the positive is that you can't, the brain can like connect onto things and journey, go like a journey. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be totally delineated all the time yeah but then you know it's just like raining things back in true um we're neurodivergent motherfucker um i really feel so here's what drives me nuts about uh like i i I appreciate when i first started hearing the term neurodivergent i appreciated it as like a catch-all and a non-offensive catch-all instead of just calling people crazy because their brains don't work quote-unquote normal however from what I can fucking tell, nobody's brain works normal. So Get neurodivergent doesn't, yeah, it doesn't really work as a fucking, t- okay. like. We got, yes, I want, yes, because uh, so there's a bunch of terms like this that exist right now, and it kind of pisses me off because we're in this, it seems like humanity is in this weird fucking phase right now. And it's confusing, and we're coming up with all these new words. And I agree with you. Neurodivergent assumes that there is something normal that we are diverging from. Yeah. And then, for example, as I I work a lot with uh, people with disabilities. Uh, I'm doing an art project with a bunch of people with disabilities right now. And I have learned so much, so much from the community in this town, um, people with disabilities, especially like it's okay to make mistakes and it's funny to make mistakes and failure is a good thing. In fact, failure is awesome and we want to fail in front of each other and there's no shame. And But I feel like disability also implies that there is some sort of like very abled whatever but but all of us exist on a spectrum we really all do true so why do we want to cling to this why do we have this need to cling to identifying something that we're all trying to be well i think that i i would argue that there's like there's a different aspect to it when you're talking about uh, a physical impairment as opposed to uh, like uh, uh, needing a descriptor for that um, f- like for reasons that are practical rather than right. because when you categorize the disabled like that's not a not really that helpful because you don't know what those individual disabilities are and especially when you're including uh, mental as well as physical, you know, disabilities then like invisible lumping that disabilities. Make, create, yeah. Create, yeah. Invisible disabilities. So creating a group that, that includes so much. Cause like, are you talking about people who are in wheelchairs? Like that 
equates to a practical concern or people who are, you know, mobility restricted. Um, so I think more specificity and specificity that is driven by what you need to know about this person. Right. Um, then it's like, then it's not sinister. So it's not sinister to say like there will be, it's, this is why the phrase, there will be disabled people coming tomorrow and there will be people in wheelchairs coming tomorrow. Right. Disabled tells you that they are other, that they are broken, that there is something wrong with them. Right. In wheelchairs tells you they need a fucking ramp. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I do. But yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because like what you're describing, working with uh, a, a group of people, it's like they may have a lot of similar needs and their needs may be similarly similarly served or served by um, the same people, you know, like one organization can help people who are having, who are dealing with this physical issue, this physical issue, this physical, physical issue. So it may not all be wheelchairs. So in that case to say that like, this is a, a service that is being offered for physically disabled people. Like the, again, it's about the efficiency of what you're saying. Um, it's kind of like, um, I don't know. I, th- I think a lot about the language that we choose. Um, and uh, if your if, if your choice of language comes from the the mind space of what what is important that I'm trying to convey, um, then you your that that gives you um, a then you can genuinely say that it's not about m- pointing out somebody's difference. So if you say like, I saw a, a, a black guy, well, what does it, you know, like if that, if the first thing that came out of your mouth is that it right. was a black guy, like if it's not relevant information and it's information that is specific to that person's membership in a marginalized group, like take that information down the list and start with the important information. Mm-hmm. Like the othering. The language yeah. that we have now, it seems to other. And on the one hand, we do want to have language that helps us identify who we are and what we are. So I say that I'm genderqueer. And I have friends that are trans and I have friends that are non-binary. And I go by she, her, and they, them. And I do identify as genderqueer. Um, but there there also seems to be that then becomes another excuse for people to continue to other as opposed to right. us evolving as a, as a collective to be able to allow for these differences and honor them and not use it as a way to like bring our ego up for five seconds. I mean, it doesn't even work for very long for five seconds. You feel good about yourself and then you just feel like a piece of shit again anyway. So why, why bother? Right. Um, Yeah. I I think about, I think you and I talked about this um, when we talked previously, but um, one of the things that I see when, because you know, obviously it's the, the right that is complaining about the continuing, like, that everybody who is off the cisgendered heterosexual, you know, mainline that they're, they came to seem, seem to keep inventing new terms that are they're you know, they're, they're demi boy by poly, you know, uh, and then they'll, you know, come up with some like, 
I've made a, a fucking attack helicopter or whatever, whatever fucking quote unquote conservative joke that they're trying to make. Right. Um, and I honestly, like I can see getting annoyed at that trend and thinking that the trend is stupid, but also I have to acknowledge that it seems stupid to me because it doesn't apply to me. I don't understand it. I'm never going to participate in it. So it's the same thing as like fucking like when you get annoyed at, a group of people who have a hobby that you don't understand and you think is stupid. And, and you're just like, what, why are you doing? I mean, go ahead, but why? Like you can do it, but why? Um, and sometimes I do have that reaction to when people are getting really into the, the specifics of all of their, you know, if they're, um, uh, transgender, queer, uh, semi, you know, demisexual. And I'm just like, I mean, cool that you know that about yourself, but I don't care. Like, that's not going to be a thing I ever need to know. Like, not that I don't care about you as a person, right, but right. I don't care to be required to know the specific details of what you, of, of how you see yourself sexually and, and what you do sexually and who you want to do it with. Like, that's not my business. <laughs> like, what I need to know is what you would like me to call you and I'll, and I'm going to do that. And like, maybe what kind of person you're interested in, if we're, and we're friends and I might set you up on a date, like that would be information that I would, that I would need in that case. But when we're talking about something that I'm just friends with, that's it. That's the end of like what I need to know about your sex life. Like there, I have several friends who I know more about their sex lives than I need to or want to. And they're all heterosexual couples, cisgendered heterosexual couples who just fucking overshared one night because wine was involved. And I don't need to know that much about anybody's sex life like i just want to know what you would like to be called and if at some point i'm wondering what's in your pants because i'm interested in you romantically or just because i'm curious like if i'm then like let me ask you but in the meantime if we're on an introductory or like a basic friends level like your name and your pronouns I don't need to know like what you have had done or what you're thinking about having done or who you like to sleep with at this point. That's like that. That's not my business. Um, so that's the thing that frustrates me about, about that. That being said, I don't usually fucking bring that up very much because it's one of the fucking, the, the, the quote unquote right wing comedians favorite fucking thing to talk about is that the, the LGBTQ community is constantly making up new ways to call themselves some confusing shit and they're confusing all the children, blah, blah, blah. And it gets fuck it. Oh shit. I remembered my point. I remembered where I started from. Ooh, Do cool. this, Leo. Yes. Yeah. Where I was going with this to begin with was that, when you went because Republicans want rigid gender roles, they want born Ugh. with, they, they, they want born with penis, have the job, be the provider, do the fighting. It'd be, you know, have no emotions, drink whiskey until you're dead. Right. That's, they want the fucking, that's, that's the, the America great again that they want is the fucking 1950s shit, whatever. Right. And then, you know, women are stay home, be demure. Uh, don't complain Please. if I hit you a little bit, you know, and fucking make my, and where, I can have multiple and, concubines uh, on the side yeah, and that should and make be good me a fucking you. martini. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, and th so those rigid gender roles, like, 
because I'm I, I'm cisgendered heterosexual, but there's been plenty of shit that I wanted to do that was comfortable to me, either like appearance wise, like I wore my hair long for a really long time, um, and I and uh, stuff that I wanted to like um, getting into uh, fucking knitting and 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 sewing and stuff like that. Like I did a did ton of really? sewing and yeah, I did a ton of sewing in high school. I did I only learned to knit a few years ago, but like I, cool. I, I, I sewing like sewing costumes was one of the big things that I did when I was in theater in high school. Right, um, sewing is not considered to be a manual manly activity. Um, you know, cooking like dad is is a is a big cook and uh and you know instilled a, a love of cooking in uh, me and Mercedes and Alex and mm. um. Like, I also love to cook. If, by the way, good. I uh, good. Okay, so you didn't miss out on that. No, I didn't. <clears throat> so, um, I was never like I've I've never been uncertain about how I see myself, and therefore, even though like that strict, rigid gender binary this is the male gender role this is the female gender role even though there were things that on the that are supposed to be on the female list that i wanted to do um that didn't make me con- like worried about my masculinity right. or my man identity i was just like right. i want to do that and i'm a free fucking person so i'm gonna go do that thing right um and the more you try to enforce, I mean, because that, that this is, this is what I see. This is like the, the, the bud of the blossom that is now, uh, the, all the, the proliferation of different gender identities and, and sexual preference identities. Uh, the, the bud of that flower is people saying there are two, there are two genders, man does this and woman does this. And people seeing that and saying, well, that doesn't apply to me and that doesn't apply to me. So I guess I'm not either of these things, but I'm still fucking here. I still fucking exist. And according to your rules, I don't fit either of the only two things that you say exist. So I guess I'm a different thing. Isn't that crazy? And that's what like, that's, that's what's fucking beautiful about the proliferation Mm. of different, you know, of, of whatever people want to use as pronouns in there and how they identify and how they identify as, uh, as, as what they're attracted to and what they are themselves. Uh, because it, it, it is now grown to the point where I think there is genuinely a level of, of freedom and, Republicans constantly want to be like, oh, what if somebody decides they want to fucking identify as a dog and fuck a dog? And you're like, what, do you want to fuck a dog, man? What is, why is that your premise? Like, fucking. <laughs> why are you even thinking about fucking the dog? You want to fuck the dog. You want to fuck the dog. It's because I don't think about fucking the dog when this person talks about what they're talking about. They say that and they, they say they want to, they want to be called this and they want to, and they're attracted to this type of person. And your response is fucking dog. (laughs) Next thing they're going to be fucking a dog. There's a really, and they try to describe it as a slippery slope, but it's such a bullshit <laughs> argument. It's such a disingenuous argument because there is a, is, there's a very clean line. It is consenting adult humans. That's the line. Consenting adult humans in any, in whatever fucking number doing whatever the fuck they want that everybody's agreed to. That's fine. Yep. That needs to be acceptable because that is freedom. Yep. 
uh, involving anybody who is not an adult or not a human. Yeah. And we can revise this if we ever meet that's, sentient no, that, aliens. No, that is a rule. Okay. Okay, well, if we, we might have to, This might have to become <laughs> like uh, this... That's I mean, it might be have to become like there might have to be a different me- metric if we ever meet aliens and that could be problematic because it could in- involve us instituting some sort of like a brain size situation or something that it would would lead to like eugenics which would be fucked up so we need to be careful about not doing that no okay um but yeah I'm gonna say that uh that the uh, advocates and members of the LGBTQ community. Uh, can agree that the standard is adults and consent. And as long as whatever act involves adults, only adults and consent, there shouldn't be uh, adult humans, adult human consent. There should not be any laws against that. Uh, That's it. And it, and obviously, you know, public like rules about not doing it in public, you know? Yeah. 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 boundaries privacy adult humans privacy yeah i'm i'm down with consenting adults human privacy i've seen and heard my friends have sex a lot Mm -hmm. in my life i've like it and it's been like normal normalized and on the one hand it's like cool and it's good that i know how to do that and i can hear my friends have sex but i i am also at a place where i i i'm kind of into privacy now yeah there is something i don't know we're all different. I'm down with nude beaches. That's great. I love nude beaches. I just love oh, looking at genitalia. Every every color, every shape, every age, every amount of flaccidity and wrinkle and, and pube. It's just Do you want to hear my nude beach story? Yes. <laughs> okay. So um, we all went to Croatia uh, several years ago. Uh, my, my, my mom and dad and uh, Alex and Sarah and me um, went to Croatia and we went to Dubrovnik, which is like the ancient city, which they've used for a bunch of movies. It was in Star Wars and it was it was like the one of the sets for Game of Thrones. Why did you go to Croatia? <laughs> is, is our ancestry related to Croatia at all? No, uh, Tara is like the fucking godmother of vacation planning and she's like oh. super online and she found out that Croatia was like the cool place to go. So we went there and it was fucking dope. Um, we went to, so we like stayed in the ancient city for like two days, which is really touristy, but it's kind of cool to check out. Um, and then we went up the coast and we stayed at a house on one of the islands up the Dalmatian coast. And, uh, I had the best oysters I've ever had in my life. You Um, like oysters. I like oysters in general, but this is the the best meal I've ever had in my life story that I told in that, that set. Um, because we're literally like this hotel or this restaurant is on the beach in this inlet. Um, and they're harvesting like the, the skies and dinghies fishing and they bring us out these oysters and the oysters are still like, I never, I knew oysters are, are technically still alive. Um, when you, when you eat them, wherever you get them, if they're like oh, frozen, really? they're, they're just comatose basically. But yeah, they're still, they're still alive. Um, and Whoa. when you get them, uh, like right next to where they were farmed, they haven't even been packed in ice. So they're not comatose. So they bring us this plate of oysters. You squeeze lemon on it and they actually like crinkle up. And it's one of those things where you have to be like, I'm, I have I'm to, eating I'm, a live I'm, thing I'm right just, now. Yeah, I'm eating in a live thing right now. 
Um, we're going to get, yeah, this podcast is going to get banned or uh, boycotted by PETA for sure. <coughs> it's a fucked up thing you have to think about that, like, um, I just have to divorce myself from the reality that being a carv- carnivore, that there's no moral justification for eating other animals, like any of them. And I just have to be like, yeah, yeah, I'm still going to. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm still gonna. I'm, I acknowledge. I know. I acknowledge that there's no moral justification, and uh, yeah, I'm still gonna. All right, I um, have a question. What was okay. the cro the Croatia story? Oh wait, no, I, I was talking about the nude beach. Nude beach. Okay, got it. Nude beach. So nude beach. We go the so Alex and Tara and I were there for a couple of days before my mom and dad showed up, and um, we took a kayak uh, little uh, tour. Uh, out of Dubrovnik and into the little bay and there's like an island uh, right off the the coast of Dubrovnik that was um, I think it was a fort or something and then I think there was I forget the story there's something involving monks Um, but now among other things uh, and there's like these big uh, granite cliffs on um, the one side it's not like a beachy island it's very cliffy rocky island Um, and one uh, there's this big section of granite cliffs um, that is a nude beach. So there's like big, basically like square blocks of granite. So they're flat on top and they're like all these different levels and there's people like all over them. So we like take a tour. We're like paddling up towards it. And (laughs) all of the men, all of the, the, the very adult, uh, pear shaped men, uh, were sunning themselves and and immediately stood as our like our little tour group of of kayaks like kind of came up immediately stood up to just look out at the water and give us the full give us the full view (laughs) um it was yeah it was pretty funny also have you seen did you watch the kids in the hall when you were little no i guess you would have been like in junior high or something Mm -mm. um it was a sketch uh, show with uh, five Canadian uh, comedians. It was one of the like prototypical sketch shows. Like the kids in the hall was like kind of the immediate precursor right. to the state. Um, and the state were like, went on to like the guys who made the state went on to make Reno nine one one there. Anyway. So it was a, a big deal. I was a little bit young for it when it was on Um but they just released a bunch of new episodes on uh, Amazon. So there's a, a whole new season with all the original cast. And um, obviously they're, they're older now. And um, I feel like it's like, there's, I, I haven't watched much of it, I, I, but I feel like they were setting the, so, the tone for what the show was going to be when like the very first, I think it's the very first sketch. Um, they, <laughs> the premise is they are two uh, bank robbers, I think who are like running away from a, a robbery and they're trying to not to get caught by the cops so one of them says well they were looking for two guys with clothes on right they won't know it's us if we take our clothes off and the, the cops pull up and uh, kevin kevin mcdonald i think is his name and dave foley two 50 plus year old men get out of a car fully naked head to toe like walk out up to the cops do a little twirl around it is just i mean it is probably a solid 30 to 45 second long shot of just them fully naked front like from the front walking towards the camera um yeah yeah. okay so that's all right that's what we're doing 
this is a I somebody else brought this up. I can't remember where I was listening. If this was actually an in-person conversation or on a podcast, but uh, somebody was talking about the amount of of, of dick in movies <laughs> recently. Because like, uh, the there's fucking, more dick in movies lately. Then they were like tra- making like a, a a correlation between like, is this what like are we pre Sodom and Gomorrah? Is it like we we have too much dick on in in movies now, and that's why God's gonna come and, and destroy us off the earth? Um, because Probably. the the Jackass movie, the new Jackass movie, came out uh, a couple months ago too, uh, and has and that I mean, those movies have always had like a certain amount of man dick, but. <laughs> <coughs> I'm pretty sure this one has more man dick than any of the previous. Um, no, that's a girl dick. This is a girl dick. It's obviously what a girl dick. What makes this a girl dick? Well, it's not. I mean, it's not attached to a man. I mean, I guess it could oh. be a trans man's. No, it could be a trans man's dick. Yep, it could be a non-binary dick. Yeah, I guess it could be a non-binary dick. Um. So I'm noticing the time. Oh, yeah. This is a long episode. Realistically, on a normal basis, we shouldn't be doing more than an hour, like 40 minutes to an hour. This might end up being the end of the first two episodes if I cut this thing in half. Um, So this is either the end of the, the first episode or end of episodes one and two. The listener will find out at the same time that I do. But so for these first five or six episodes, um, we're going to finish with a song off of Heidi's uh, new album, Free System, Sistema Libre. Uh, so Heidi, tell us about uh, song number one, Lovers. I wrote that song for a friend's wedding uh, about 10 or 15 years ago on the harmonium, which is a, instrument that's used in india and nepal to do kirtans wait isn't Um, the heart isn't the harmonium the one that's like uh looks like a keyboard kazoo no it's not shit (laughs) what's the thing you know what i'm talking about though yes are you being serious right now i cannot believe you I didn't get the fucking Hilarious. music jeans, Heidi. I didn't get the fucking music jeans. I just heard you sing on this show and you sing on tune. I don't know what you're talking about. That is not what I have been told. Oh. I just heard you sing on tune. Okay, anyway. Can you... I'll teach you how to use the shaker. It's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. I wrote that song then and sang it. And then I added some things to the beginning of the song. And then, and you know, the line, uh, lovers don't finally meet somewhere. They're in each other all along. It's kind of like me and you, Leal. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. It's actually sibling. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. Well, it's hardcore with siblings because we, we are, the, our genetics are in each other all along. That's fucking crazy. Uh, but Rumi, I don't know if you've heard of Rumi, but he's a familiar with Rumi. Fa- famous Sufi poet. But that comes from Rumi. And then the um, poem that is cited towards the end of the song is by Hafiz. 
So mm-hmm. it's about the love. It's about spiritual love, really. We are all lovers because uh, we're trying to learn how to fucking love. Of course, there's like the deep longing for an actual lover in there as well. But. All right. Well, here's here's that song then. Enjoy, listeners.
victorious horseman and learn to free yourself and this world though only if you and this wondrous melody is a naive lover who does not think that we are engaged in a fierce battle. For I see and hear brave foot soldiers all around me going mad and falling on the ground in excruciating you. You can become a victorious horseman and carry your heart through this world like a life-giving sun. Though only if you and this Silence. Become sweet, sweet lovers.
Thank you for joining us. We're glad you were here. If you want to support what we're doing, you can do that at patreon.com slash H-I-M-M-B or at Heidi J LLC on Venmo. Thank you. We appreciate you.